Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, the night to remain silent. Ian brings the case against his girlfriend, Nyeme, over her habit of memorizing her lines at bedtime. Nyeme has found in her acting experience that memorizing her lines as she falls asleep is the best way for her to remember them. Ian, however, finds it too hard to sleep when she does this, and he wishes for the bedroom to be a work-free zone. Who's right, who's wrong, only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents the obscure cultural reference. No, please, don't stop on my account. Just because you're being investigated doesn't mean you shouldn't fumble around and try to do a podcast. Wait, why are we being investigated? The Judge John Hodgman podcast has been compromised. I will be spearheading the investigation to root out the traitor. You know about this, Jen? Yes. Well, perhaps we'll learn producer Jennifer Marmer had good reason not to trust you, Jesse. Every closet has its skeleton. I look forward to meeting all of yours. And just to show you that no one is above suspicion, Bailiff Jesse, you're up first. Swear them in. Please rise. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God, or whatever? I do. We do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling? despite the fact that he never memorizes any of his lines. In fact, he just goes on set and says whatever he wants because he believes it brings liveliness to his scenes. I do. Yup. Very well. Judge Hodgman? Ian, Yame, you may be seated. If you want someone who's going to remember all the words, hire an actor. If you want someone who's going to remember, on average, 87.5% of the words, I'm your man. Or woman. <laughs> or woman. I don't know why I had to bring gender into it. Hire a former professional literary critic. Exactly right. Uh, Ian and Yeme, for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors, can either of you name the cultural reference that I referenced as I entered the courtroom? Nyeme, uh, you have been brought to this court against your will by Ian, so you have first chance to guess, or you can uh, boot it over to him and make him guess, and perhaps you will gain some information from his guess. What is your choice, hmm. I think I want to boot it over to him, see if I can gain some gain some insight. Yeah, all right. Go ahead, Ian. What's your guess? Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm going to just go ahead and guess maybe CSI Miami or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a guess. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the board. CSI Miami. <laughs> all right. It's up on the board. What about you, Niamh? Oh, I want to guess, like, Judge Judy. That's also a guess. Putting it on the board. <laughs> Put it on the board. <laughs> All right. I've got a very big board here. That's a new part of my chambers. It's the old marquee from the Coolidge Corner Theater in Coolidge Corner, Massachusetts. And and we have to put up the letters by hand with a long claw. So it takes about <laughs> 45 minutes to get them up there on the board. <laughs> We'll just use the magic editing to fast forward. Okay, they're all on the board. Let me see. CSI Miami and Judge Judy. Well, all guesses are wrong. <laughs> you, can now, you can now take them off the board, intern. Judge Hodgman, is that a song now? Yeah. Cool. I auto-tuned myself. <laughs> uh, Ian and Yami were both uh, wrong. Uh, but, Ian, you were closer than Yami which gets you nothing. I, of course, was paraphrasing 
the other number one best network thriller show on a different network called Blind Spot, created by Martin Garrow. Mm. Mm. Sorry, I missed my cue to go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're all solving a mystery together. It's like I'm leading an inquest here and, re- and revealing the, the, the murderer at an inquest in an old-timey English mansion. Specifically, I was referencing episode 113. Specifically, I was referencing Office of Professional Responsibility Agent Chief Inspector Jonas Fisher, who came into the FBI's New York office to root out a mole. I suppose you guys have not seen Blind Spot, or else you would know that Chief Inspector Jonas Fisher was played by John Hodgman. Those were some lines I had to memorize. And boy, oh boy, when I heard that this was a episode about line memorization, I immediately remembered that I had lines in that show and I didn't remember the lines. So here's the thing. You both are going to prison, but also <laughs> we are going to hear this case. So Ian brings a case against Nieme. Ian, you complain that Nieme, who is your wife, friend, partner? Uh, partner, yeah. Partner, romantic partner? Romantic partner. And cohabitant? Yes. Uh, Cohabitant without marriage? Not right. I mean, it's kind of complicated. We were, and then we're moving to New York. So currently we're not, but we will be in about a month again. Oh, okay. Oh, you're moving to New York. Welcome aboard. Yes. Mm -hmm. Where are you moving from? Uh, San Diego. All right. So San Diego. So what the problem though is that when you go to bed together in the same room to sleep quietly, a foot apart from each other, because this is a (laughs) family-friendly podcast, Niame does something that drives you bonkers, which is what? So she uh, memorizes lines and speaks them out loud and and rehearses them while in bed uh, with the light on while I'm trying to sleep. And what's weird is Nieme is an accountant and not an actor. Isn't that right, Nieme? (laughs) (laughs) This is just a hobby. (laughs) Right. (laughs) She hated the acclaim and artistic expression of acting, but loved that line memorization. Drudgery is the best part of any job. Yep. <laughs> That's what you remember anyway. Nieme, you are an actor, though. Is that not so? That is correct. All right. Now, where are you both in the world? We're in right now in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. I thought you were in San Diego. Well, we were in San Diego, and we're moving um, across country. And for a little bit, we're staying with both of our families, um, coincidentally, who are both from Milwaukee. So we're with them. Oh, I see. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're not in some... Traveling theater brigade. <laughs> You're not no. caravanning about the country doing uh, Midsummer's Night's Dream. Not um, yet. That would be awesome. Did the two of you meet in San Diego? And you're—it's just a coincidence that your families are from Milwaukee. Uh, n- n- no. So, all right, it's complicated. So we went, both went to school in Chicago, uh, at Loyola University of Chicago, and then moved out to San Diego, and then now we're moving to New York. That's not that complicated. Yeah, you really overstated the amount of complication. We met in an acapella group. That's what he forgot to mention. Uh, you could have just regret. summarized that by saying, we're traveling dorks. <laughs> there, is a lot, there is a lot of backstory to this play, I have to say. But I heard, I heard acapella somewhere in there. Niami, what's the acapella group you guys met in? Yeah, we, we met in an acapella group, actually. He auditioned for... Um, for the group, and I was one of the the people he was auditioning for, and we let him in. He was pretty well, good. This was obviously in college, where 
acapella is not the most embarrassing thing to do. <laughs> that is so correct. <laughs> Depends now, on who I, you look, I say that as the star of Pitch Perfect 2. <laughs> acapella been very good to me. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> what? So what was the acapella group that you were auditioning for, Ian, that Nyame was in? Is that correct? Yeah, it was called Loyola Capella. Loyola Capella. And what was your audition song? I had two. One was Tempted by Squeeze, and then the other one was Hold On by Michael Bublé. Uh, obviously, you're going to do one of those, and it's not Bublé. Oh, no. Let's go. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, no. Well, wait a minute. Was When you guys were in it together, you guys were uh, you guys served as Loyola Capellas together? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, thank you for your service. Uh, <laughs> Well, then I'm not letting you aim me off the hook. What was the song that you guys would do together? Well, Ian actually arranged Falling Slowly from the movie Once uh, mm-hmm. by Glenn Hansard, and we actually sang that together. Okay, let's go. Do it. Oh, no. Do it, or I find you do both you in the... contempt. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the words? If it helps, before yeah. you start, right. you can go, me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> Me, 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 yeah. me. Oh man, it's been a while. I Ian, think I start right. Did you hear Ian asking her? Do you remember the words? <laughs> and what did Yame say? Yes. Yes. That's right. Because she's a trained actor. That's she right. Is. That's she right. Is. All right. I don't know you, but I want you all the more for that. Words fall through me and always fool me and I can react. Two different keys here. You have suffered enough and mourned with yourself. It's time that you want. Take this sinking boat oh God. <laughs> and You forgot your harmony? Yeah, I need a pitch pipe in here. <laughs> you guys sounded beautiful. I still got goosebumps. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Wow. There's actually a kind of a funny story about that song. Yeah, too, I don't want to hear that. All anyway. right. <laughs> no, all right, fine. Go ahead, Ian, with your funny story. Well, well we, we had a temporary break, and that's when we actually got the song and had to perform it together. So it was a little awkward. When you were we... saying that you, you <laughs> broke up and then got the love duet? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so... Well, you know, that's what happens, though. Temporary breaks, they just occur. You get a letter from the government saying you guys have to take a temporary break. It's nobody's fault, but get ready to sing a song together. We are going so, so, so into deep background here. And I'm enjoying it a lot, but we do need to move forward. I am excited about the idea of them getting a letter from the government the other day. <laughs> I read it, and it said I have to do a love duet from the movie once, so I call them all suckers. Yeah, that's right. It's called acapella duty. Everyone gets called in. If you're registered to vote, you might have to go do acapella for the government. You have to serve on an acapella jury once. Or you have to come back every four years and do it three. Sit in the in the acapella pool for three days. That's how it works. As long as I get a pitch pipe. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you think about uh, how that didn't go well and how it will go well later in this broadcast. But for now, <laughs> I won't ask about your temporary break. But question: uh, Was it because Nyame 
mutters her lines as she falls asleep every night. <laughs> it was not, no. Oh, well, all right. You seem to have other problems with her as well. Anyway, you guys are... You guys, I can't solve all your problems, but, but I will, and I will not solve this one either, but I will make a ruling. So, you lived together at some point in San Diego? <clears throat> yeah, for a year. All right. And Yame would practice her lines as she fell asleep, and presumably you guys slept in the same bed. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. And now you are caravanning across the country <laughs> to move to New York City, and Ian is concerned that this habit will happen again. Is that correct? Correct. Ian, you are also an actor? I am not, no. I, uh, I'm essentially a social worker. Oh, well, you sang very well for a social worker. Thank you. <laughs> well, for essentially a social worker. What does that mean? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm I'm unlicensed, but I'm going to school so that I can become licensed. Oh, you're so. a wildcat social worker. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> a rogue social worker who lives right. outside the boundaries of common practice. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of us. Watch out. <laughs> so, Nieme, is it likely that you will be muttering your lines in bed once you guys relocate to New York City? That is correct, and I'm glad that you used the word muttering. Oh, I'm, well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Why is muttering a meaningful word to you? Because muttering is a little more like the words are almost like white noise rather mm -hmm. than actually speaking them out loud, like I'm speaking Shakespearean text and he's, you know, wide awake. But muttering, I feel like, assumes white noise. And so, essentially, you're saying that you going over your lines at night is something that he should pay for in an app to listen to to help him fall asleep. Are you suggesting that you're a professional ASMR artist? Oh, right. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that back to give me tingles on my scalp. Uh, all right. So, let's just talk a little bit about your process, Niamh, because it is more yeah. than just your habit. It is... Your process of learning lines. That's correct. Okay. How long have you been muttering to yourself as you fall asleep? I've been doing this for the past 11 years. It's actually a, um, something I've developed since I was 11, uh, 14 years old. Well, guess what? I can do math, and now I know what your age is, but I'm not going to say <laughs> what it is. I am the world's greatest detective, but I'm not going to say what your age is because I don't have to prove nothing to no one. <laughs> Ain't no <This>. thing. <laughs> So you've been doing it for 11 years of, mm -hmm. of actors training. Yes. And why do you do it? What is the benefit to you? Because I'll tell you something. Uh, I've never done it. It never occurred to me to do it. I do all my muttering walking around the streets and in the shower. <laughs> and that way I am utterly alone or people on the street think I'm crazy. Mm. <laughs> but I never thought to do it in bed. How did you develop this process? Well, you know, when I was in high school, it was one of those habits that just formed where it's like, I have to memorize lines, I'm going to sleep. And then when I woke up the next morning, I realized that a lot of my lines had been memorized by doing it right before I went to sleep. So it actually became a really good habit. And now I've realized that when I'm lying in my bed comfortably, as soon as I feel like I've memorized enough, I just roll over, turn off the light, and it's the last thing I do. And then when I wake up, it's the very first thing that I do. And it is so helpful. 
Um, and, I, and it helps me memorize my lines because, you know, when we jump into rehearsal, the lines, we need to be off book pretty much that we can connect with our, you know, stage partner and and just really be there and be present in the room rather than fumbling in our scripts and things like that. Sure. So it's very important for me to be off book. And so this method has worked. As a sometime actor myself, I know the value of actually knowing your lines because <laughs> I've worked with people who do know their lines and it's pretty impressive. It's not, not something I've ever done. But then I don't have to uh, because uh, I tend to work in filmed acting mm-hmm. where there are lots of opportunities to go over the lines again and again and again. Whereas it sounds to me like you are more interested in stage acting. Is that correct? Well, currently, well, I was trained um, on the stage, and I'm actually uh, signed with an agency, and I'm actually trying to break into film and television right now. That's actually my current interest. So, so your big your big move to New York is uh, overall acting in all fields. What's your dream as an actor? Oh man, my dream as an actor would be to work with really phenomenal people in a collaborative space, um, like minded, and we're all trying to, you know, we're all we're all about the script and the characters. Uh, and boring. <laughs> yeah, I think we I think we're kind of looking more for like uh, how many figures on the paycheck. Well, you know, that's that that's definitely in there. I w- would love the flexibility and the com- comfortability as well. So no, but, but you know, but of course, but. But it, it sounds as though you want to move on from the stage. Do you want to be in TV shows? Do you want to be in movies? I mean, there there are a lot of opportunities for actors of a very high caliber now in television, and then also independent movies. But in in many ways, a more successful career can be can be found in television because there's so much of it, and so much of it is reliant on good acting because they're making it for grownups and they're not just making thrill rides for for tweens. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying yeah, to offer I... you career advice here, but have you thought about a role <laughs> on Blind Spot created by Martin Garrow? Yes, my agent has told me about that show, which is really exciting. It's good to know that you were on it. Well, maybe I'll put in a word for you with Martin Garrow, the creator of the show, depending on how this ruling goes. <laughs> wow, it yeah. sounds like the stakes just got higher, Judge Hodgman. It's some courtroom <laughs> casting. <laughs> no, I'll, 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 you know, I'm going to see Martin on Sunday. I'll let him know you're out there. That'd be amazing. You sang part of the song. Why can't I can? I think you can probably do it. <laughs> uh, also, I can't ever be on that show again, so it's not competition to me. So why not help? Ooh. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure we'll be going up for the same role no matter what. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so why are you now? Just I gotta mm, say, why are you moving to you? You, uh, I presume you studied acting in San Diego. Is that why you were out there? I did. I was training at the UC San Diego's MFA training um, program. It's uh, it's a joint with the La Jolla Playhouse. Oh, well, that's a big deal, La Jolla Playhouse. Yeah, and we actually had a big showcase with NYU um, this past April, and that's where I was really lucky, and I was able to pick up my uh, my manager and my agent, so I'm pretty happy. And, and so I'm moving to New York so I can pursue this full-time. It's the real deal. I'm Congratulations on that. And why New York and not L.A.? I think for me right now, I want to continue to do both theater and television film. Um, And just in terms of energy-wise, it just seems like the right place for me right now at my age. Oh, yeah, well, for sure. Well, it's very exciting that you're moving to New York and you're going to star on Blind Spot, created by Martin Garrow. That's right. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, But you can appreciate that Ian 
uh, is a little trepidatious about your muttering, both at night, and he didn't even mention in the morning. Why does his sleep not matter? That's a great question. <laughs> Why I only ask the great ones. Because you appreciate that this is something you started doing in your teenage years when you presumably were sleeping at home alone in your room. Mm-hmm. And now you are sharing a space, the most intimate space, the bedroom, mm-hmm. with uh, with your beloved. And he has already said, that really drives me crazy. And you're saying to him, it does not matter. My process is more important than your social work. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I want to start by saying that I have been very considerate and not using the dome light, you know, the one that's big on the ceiling. I have designated my portion of the room and I've put a nice little lamp right next to my bed. Um, So there's not a huge shining light next to him. Actually, if he just rolls over, he literally can't see the light. You're telling me that I should give you (laughs) extra consideration because you don't have the overhead light on in the bedroom? The first thing that should happen in your life is that all overhead lights in the bedroom are removed with a shotgun. You're just saying, yeah, I put, I turn, I only keep on my bedside table lamp, which is fine if you're reading a novel to yourself, but not if you're reading a novel aloud, as it were. Mm -hmm. You can appreciate why this would be distracting to an aspiring young social worker. Yes, I can appreciate it. But I also know that when I speak out loud, it's pretty much like whispering. And it's pretty much just like the sound of wind coming. It's just (laughs) white noise. And to me, I think that's really helpful. I'm like, you should be able to go to sleep. Well, you do have a wonderful voice. And I'm sorry for the sake of your future in New York that Ian is already sick of your voice (laughs) and takes it for granted. (laughs) But maybe I haven't heard the exact tenor or a soprano, or whisper sound, as it were, of your muttering voice. So you got some lines or some text that you can give me a, an, an idea of what this sounds like? I do. I'm going to sit here in, in my chambers and close my eyes. And I'm just going to try to drift off. Uh, uh, all right, good night. Uh, hey, I was talking with Leah, and I think we're going to need more light. Fine, if you want Larry to look like a Frankenstein monster, we'll just use the sun. Look, it's none of my business, but just once, don't you want to make something that's great? Something that will be remembered forever? Give me an hour and I can make this parking lot look like a cathedral. I don't, I can't take it. I can't take it. It sounds like you're having a secret phone conversation talking about the weirdest, most interesting things. Talking about turning someone into a Frankenstein and building a cathedral. Oh, so it's worse than if you were just talking out loud. It just feels like, what am I, what the, what am I missing? <laughs> do the two of you ever run lines together? Good question, Jesse. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yes. But that, but it doesn't work as well. Uh, I I prefer not to do them in bed. So I'll I'll run lines with her in the living room or something, but not in the bedroom usually. And so when I memorize in bed, those are the times when Ian um, is not available or would prefer not to help me. So I have to resort to (laughs) myself, talking to myself. Right. Right. That happens to all of us in bed sometimes. (laughs) 
which is more effective for you running lines with a with a partner or your ritual of muttering in bed to yourself i would prefer running my lines um consistently before bed and uh-huh. uh but but to get to that point, I would need a partner consistently to do that with me. And as amazing as Ian yeah, is, yeah, maybe you'll find that hard. person someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, I do prefer the, the the partner. It's always helpful. <laughs> well, right. But just to clarify, you started doing this when you were a young person, and you were completely mm-hmm. on your own. You still feel like it has some sort of superpower of getting the words into your brain. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, are you saying you would be willing to give it up if there were a person in your life who would read lines with you right before bed? You know, Judge, yes. If I had somebody consistently who would who would practice with me and rehearse lines with me before bed, that would be extremely helpful and really helpful for my career. So... Yes. Ian, why is that a workable compromise for you? Um, I think for me, there's probably two parts to that. One, uh, I don't like to be looking at papers or uh, really doing any work in the bedroom at all um, because I feel like that creates a a space of anxiety and kind of stress. And um, I don't want to have to deal with that right as I'm trying to fall asleep. I don't think it's productive for my sleeping habits. Yemi, is that yeah. accurate? Does your boyfriend put in work in the bedroom? You know, what, there are some days where I do ask him to rehearse lines with me in, in the bedroom, and that is correct. Um, I wouldn't call it a space of anxiety. I mean, we're acting, so I would call it a space of fun and the possibility to create characters. I can understand how, how it could be fun, but oftentimes there's uh, papers and books and, and stuff on the side of the bed and kind of cluttering the space, the the room itself. And so then having to hear the papers and look at it and, and be worried about missing this, lines. Or This is the third you know. time you've mentioned paper as a bedroom <laughs> problem for you. It, you said you don't want to look at them. It makes a lot of noise. It makes a lot of noise. You said you don't it, like to look at paper as you go to bed, <laughs> like not books or anything like paper. Then there are papers by the side of the bed and then you don't like to hear paper. What is your bedtime ritual? in the ideal world? Mine is uh, after I've done all my hygienic things before bed, I lay down and fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) First, I drink until I'm able to forget there's any paper in the world. Now, you send in two pieces of evidence here. One is submitted by you, Ian. It is the... um, the layout of your apartment, I presume this is going to be in New York City. Is that correct? Yes. Correct. All right. And what is this supposed to be showing? We'll put this up on, on, the, uh, on the show notes at MaximumFun.org, the Judge John Hodgman page. So anyone who likes this couple can um, probably track down where they live and look in their windows. <laughs> I blocked out the address. It shouldn't be on there. Oh, yeah. You know what? I already know. I'm, I'm the world's greatest detective, and I know where you live right now. <laughs> The world's half-greatest detective might take half an hour to figure this out. <laughs> no. Judge Hodgman's got this sorted out. You know what he did? He uh, took the uh, pad of paper, that second page in the pad of paper, and he ran the side of a pencil tip across it, <laughs> and he yeah. could see what you wrote. I did that to my computer screen, actually. Yeah. And it, and it revealed the impression of your thoughts. 
<laughs> so what what am I looking at here with regard to first of all um this looks like uh an interesting one bedroom apartment with a long narrow living room and a kind of half hexagonal kitchenette a pretty typically tortured Manhattan apartment layout <laughs> <laughs> how does it compare to to how you are living in San Diego San Diego was we had a two bedroom place uh yeah. which actually was very nice lots of a lot more space definitely one and a half bathrooms phenomenal yeah fantastic this is why yeah. I asked why are you moving here but that's okay and you have a bedroom that, uh, and you have one single bedroom now. No longer do you have two, which would have solved Correct. your problems before. You guys could have had separate bedrooms, like all, like frankly, all cohabitating couples should have. <laughs> Eventually, we'll yeah. never figure this out. All right. And so, why am I looking at this aside from to feel sorry for you? I mean, excited for your future. <laughs> I sent that just to show how uh, not far another room could be if it's so important to her to rehearse lines before bed. Uh, to just do that in the living room on the couch. I mean, it's it's literally about five steps away. She could do that uh, with the door closed, and then when she's ready to sleep, then she can come to sleep. Right, but I don't. I think from my, what I understand from Niame's argument is that it is something about the the ritual of sort of losing consciousness in the moment of re- rehearsing the lines. Yeah, that, that gets it inside of her head. Am I saying that correctly, Niame? That is so correct. And that's a wonderful uh, philosophy. But then what that forces me to do is have to wake up in the middle of the night and turn the light off because she's fallen asleep working on her lines. Oh. So you see why your solution doesn't work at all for her. If the purpose of the exercise is to get it into her subconscious. And by the way, I'm not ruling one way or the other as to whether this is scientific or just dumb actory superstition. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's a flip of the coin with with actors. But you appreciate how muttering to herself in the living room on the couch and then just when she's about to fall asleep, making a run for it to get into bed is not the same thing <laughs> as muttering in her own bed and falling asleep with the light on. I do, I do understand that, but uh, I think that being in a uh, cohabitating relationship that there are some uh, compromises, and I think it'd be a fair compromise to have to do it another place, uh, and but still get the same effect of doing it uh, right before bed. Oh, and if, fall, if she falls asleep on the couch, then that's okay too, and then she can wake up in the next morning. And sure, that's a great way for people to live together. <laughs> <laughs> Niame, you sent in uh, some uh, evidence as well, which is your own website, mm-hmm. and you sent this in for what reason? To show that I'm very serious about this craft that I'm pursuing. It's not yeah. just a hobby that that like I'm actually taking the time to set myself up for this industry and to memorize comfortably and like think about my characters, you know, calmly, comfortably, safely in my bed really means a lot to me. It's like it's it's a it's an investment. Right. So you sent in your website and your and your resume and your bio as an actor. To Correct. prove that your time is worth more than Ian's. I got it. Okay. <laughs> Let's take a look and see if that's true. First of all, it's a very very nicely put together website. And at the risk of buzz marketing, uh, we will make it available as a link on the show page. Uh, MaximumFun.org, um, the Judge John Hodgman page. 
And let's see here. Okay, very nice, very professional website, very professional uh, headshots. Lots and lots of photos of you on stage. You must have something of a resume here. Let's take a look. Okay, theater. Wow, quite a few roles. And here at the La Jolla Playhouse. Oh, you did up here? I did. The uh, Robert Lopez, Kristen Anderson Lopez show? I did, directed by Alex Timbers. Oh, yeah, Alex Timbers, a, a first-class theater director. No question about that. And those guys uh, are are amazing. Mm -hmm. the, the Anderson Lopez's. Of course, you know, they wrote the song, uh, what's it called? Let It Go from Frozen. <laughs> Stop Worrying So Much or whatever. <laughs> they played me an early version called Stop Worrying So Much about your ice powers. <laughs> but, well, I guess that's what they called it in the final thing. And I saw a workshop of up here years ago. That's oh, a great wow. show. Yeah, oh, yeah, phenomenal. That's a great show. Yeah, that was great. That's fun. And you have an agent and a manager now. I do. I actually have uh, two agencies and a manager. Um, two agencies. Yeah, I'm I'm a bi-coastal actor, so I have an agent uh, representation in LA, and my manager is actually in LA. And then I have um, agency representation in New York. Um, actually, for also for voiceover and commercials, also in New York. So. Okay. And Ian. You're a unlicensed uh, social worker. <laughs> <laughs> Working toward licensure, getting my master's next year. Where where is that happening? Uh, I'm going to Columbia University. To Columbia? Well, look, that's that's an accredited university. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I rule in your favor, you want me to ban this practice forever, or is there something else you have in mind? I think after living with Nieme for a year, I came to understand how. There are many times when uh, things pop up that weren't expected. So I don't, I don't think it needs to be banned forever. I think if it happened once a month or so, that'd be okay with me. But just it can't be consistently happening every night. Follow-up question. Does it happen every night? Yes. Yeah. J just just because Niame feels like it or because she's actually rehearsing for roles or auditions that are active in her life? She's rehearsing for for. Yeah, auditions or roles. Um, mind if I add something too? Let's see how it goes. Okay. <laughs> when we first moved in together, we talked- A little more backstory. Yeah, before we had moved in, we kind of talked about our expectations for living together. And one thing that she thought was really important was that we never do work in the bedroom. Um, and so that was the expectation moving in together. And then uh, and then as we lived together, that, that changed drastically. Oh, what a twist. What a surprise <laughs> twist. <laughs> Nyeme, is that so? Did you say no work in a bedroom? I That is correct. I did say... Yes or in. no? Oh, you said... <laughs> I said I said no work in the bedroom. That, that I want this to be a stress-free zone, a place uh, that we can just like be comfortable and sleep and not have to think about work. Oh... But no, what? How can there be a but? <laughs> Unless the rules don't apply to you because you're a narcissist and therefore perfectly trained to be an actor. <laughs> well, I said no work, but sometimes acting doesn't feel like work. What? It's fun. What would what would construe as work to you? You mean you're talking about social work? <laughs> Specifically, <laughs> yeah, or stuff that has like homework, stuff that I don't want to do but that has to get done. But I act, I want to do this, so 
it's not like work to me. It's just a part of my life. It's just like like eating or like walking or like jogging or exercising. Um, this is a part of naturally of who I am, so it's not work. Follow-up question. Have you ever not done this ritual and something bad happened? Yes. Um, so I just did three years of grad school, and I have experience where I when I don't memorize before bed, and I memorize, you know, like maybe two hours before some other distractions happen. It's just not crisp. Two hours before bed or two hours before rehearsal? Two hours before bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Two and hours what ha- before And what bed. was the bad thing that happened? You forgot all your lines? The lines just were not fully memorized. All right. Yeah. Unfortunately. I, I will say I, I understand for her how this is not work. Um, but it does affect my work because then I'm much more tired the next day. And I feel like in my work, being patient with people is a very big part of it. And it's hard to be patient when I'm very tired. Yeah, you can barely be patient with the woman you're in love with. <laughs> if I find in your favor, Miami, what's the ruling? That he shut up about this for the rest of your lives together? I think that uh, the great compromise would be him being available to practice with me so that I don't have to practice in bed. We can, we can practice in the living room, on the couch, but we have to drill the lines. Um, or we drill the lines while in bed, and I will turn off the light so that he doesn't feel like he has to turn off the light because I fall asleep. But that way I'm being active, and he's helping me. And um, hopefully I would like an ideal world where me speaking these lines actually becomes soothing to him. <laughs> And he digs it and he's, and you know, it's like a nice look before you go to sleep ritual. Sure. Maybe if you conjure that reality enough, he will, (laughs) he will bend to your magical thinking and stop having feelings of his own. I trust you're an incredibly good actor. I think I have everything I need in order to make my decision. Uh, I am going to go into my line rehearsal chambers and mutter my verdict to myself, which I wrote five <laughs> days ago, and will come out soon and recite it to you in perfect diction. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Nieme, how do you feel about your chances? I feel really good. I feel very confident about it. You seem confident in general. I guess you just haven't been <laughs> acting that long. <laughs> Got a tough skin. <laughs> are you are you fully prepared for the life of a professional, like the miserable life of rejection that is professional acting? I'm not talking about craft here. I'm talking about people telling you that you can't have the part because your eyes aren't big enough. Hmm. You know, I've been dealing with that reality for a while, so it's been toughening me up, and uh, it's gotten to me to be able to make the decision to move to New York now, and I'm pretty confident about it, and I'm pretty um, ready to be able to continue to take that and work, keep my head down and work. Ian, same question, but about the social service uh, licensing exam. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I've gotten pretty tough as well. <laughs> I mean, people people don't usually worry about the size of my eyes in social work, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not too worried about that. But uh, no, I'm I'm pretty uh, confident in the in the field that I've chosen. How so. do you feel about your chances in the case? I feel good. I'm hoping uh, that the judge uh, might agree with me that just because 
we did something at the age of 14 doesn't mean we have to continue doing it and that sometimes we just grow out of old habits. <laughs> well, we'll see what the judge has to say about all of this when we come back in just a minute. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad. And I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024. 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Yami, as a young person, you have chosen the life of being an actor. So you know that what you should be doing, and I, and I say this with the utmost respect, Ian, is dumping this dude, moving to New York by yourself, 
<laughs> muttering to yourself in bed every night and devoting yourself to your craft because it's incredibly competitive. It's incredibly all consuming and being uh, looked over your shoulder by some social worker all the time saying, Shh, be quiet, be quiet. I'm trying to go to sleep in literally and figuratively is not going to help your career. It's going to hinder your career to some degree. You know that, right? I know. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, man. Master interrogator works again. <laughs> because not only is it a challenge to your career to entwine your life with someone else, because it, it is one of the careers, and, and I say this as someone who has dabbled in it, who has observed actors that I admire, observed actors that are monsters. Uh, it is a career that I enjoy and wish I could do more, but know that I can't because I've entwined my life, not only with another adult, but two humans that that person and I made together, right? There's mm -hmm. limits to what I can do. Mm -hmm. The reason I liked working on Blind Spot so much was it was 25 minutes from my house. I could drive there like a dad and park my car and go and work and come home. You're at the part of your career where you got to do everything, 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 everything. And in a minute, you might be told, guess what? You can't live in New York anymore. Welcome to filming in Winnipeg, Manitoba. That's right. <laughs> where they're doing a lot of shooting these days, I gather. So, you know, uh, I, I'm just, I'm saying this without prejudice and no offense to Ian, but Ian is terrible for your career oh, only by virtue of existing. Now, on the other hand, I will say this. There's a thing I read once that was meaningful to me. And it's a quote. Quote, every year I realize more and more how the body is a canvas. It can be used for the good of art <laughs> or for the destruction of the human mind. End quote. Ian, do you know where that quote is from? I do. I do. It's from her website. Yeah, it's from Yame's website. Are those your own words? Yeah. Yeah. It's prescient. Because you're destroying his human mind. Because you're muttering at night. <laughs> because I think that that is something that is necessarily disruptive to someone who is not in your own brain and body. Working through the word stories you're telling to yourself as you fall asleep. Mm. And it is the case that, you know, when people cohabitate, whether they are married or unmarried, suddenly... You are forced to make all sorts of small and big compromises that are often infuriating and uh, hard to adapt to. And sharing a bedroom and sharing that space, that most intimate space, is one of those things where it comes up again and again on this podcast. Like People are like, I like to sleep this way. I like to have these kinds of covers. I like to have the noise of water dripping or whatever. I like to have five cats on my head, but my, for some reason my partner doesn't. Like the idea of sharing a bedroom at all is like probably the worst possible thing for a couple whether they are married or not. But kids seem to like it, so it's going to happen. And you're plus you're moving to New York and you got no choice. You're about to be entwined more closely than ever. And Ian, you appreciate, right? That this move to New York is a big step for her career and yours, but you are a hindrance to her career in a way that she is not to yours simply by existing. Don't you understand that? Uh, I think I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, agree well that. she didn't disagree. <laughs> I'm not saying, please understand, in no way would I ever order you guys to break up. 
<laughs> no, I understand. But I think you need to appreciate that while your career is very meaningful and and once you get that degree, you will actually be helping people in a in a very real and direct way in a way that an actor never will. For an artist to do their thing, and particularly an artist who's an actor who needs to be physically present, being entwined with another human being is a challenge to their flexibility and to their training. Can you acknowledge that? I think it can be. I think there are other ways that uh, I could be supportive, though, of her training and of her process. Oh, could you suggest uh, a way that you could be? Well, <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, I have... I've always been, uh, I've always attended all of her shows at least twice. Um, I do rehearse lines. I help her record auditions. Um, uh, I would drive her around, you know, to her to her shows. I mean, I think there are ways that yes, there that is one uh, negative aspect, but there are other ways that out, that outweigh it. Okay, I give you credit for all those good things you do, and I'm sorry <laughs> to assume that you did none of them. But. Given the difference of your careers and given the essential uh, psychological self-absorption of the acting career, as well as the time demands and the ge geographical demands that are often arbitrary and weird, why I'm highlighting this um, difference in your careers is to point out that this is just the beginning. This... Uh, taking over a shared space for a highly personal endeavor is just the beginning. And I hope that you guys will stay together because you clearly have a tremendous amount of affection for each other. But even more than the other couples who have come on this show to complain about each other and their bedroom habits and hygiene, this is the first test of what I think will be many as there will be nights when Yeme won't come home for weeks and weeks and weeks because she's out somewhere on location or whatever it is, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah. and so, I think that someone who is uh, married to, or engaged to, or in love with an actor has to face that reality: that not only will they have weird schedules and require a lot of support and understanding, but also they're lying over there in bed. And their solution to you not liking their muttering is, why don't you start liking it? <laughs> because, because an actor doesn't understand why you don't like it. And she buys me things to cover my eyes and plug my ears. <laughs> well, that's nice. As, as Christmas presents. That's true. <laughs> but the, the fact of the matter is, Nyeme, your obligation here is to study your craft as hard as you can. And unless you are going to break up with your beloved human, Ian, you're going to have to learn how to not destroy his mind. Think of your own website. <laughs> your body is a canvas and can be used for the good of art or for the destruction of Ian's mind. <laughs> if Ian is willing to support you in all the ways that he said he is going to support you, you are also going to have to make compromises that seem particularly because they service your art really, really hard. And to any other person who came on this podcast saying my spouse mutters in bed 
every night while falling asleep, I would say this person needs the help of a professional and should stop doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for you, I am saying I totally get it. I totally appreciate why you're doing it. I may give it a try myself next time I'm hired for an acting job in nine years. <laughs> and uh, and I, I don't want to take away a tool of your art. But listening to you mutter just then, there's no way I could have fallen asleep. <laughs> fair, fair, and fair. I, and in part because you're such a compelling actor. See, this is what we do, Ian. We butter them up and then they'll do... Yeah, up. exactly. <laughs> I was going to say thanks. If, if you couch it all in flattery, it'll be fine. You're so good. You're so good that I can't keep my ears off of you. <laughs> There's no way you can do that when, when, I'm try, when I'm trying to drop slowly into pre-REM sleep. <laughs> so I want you guys to stay together. <laughs> but part of the what you have guys have to do, and this is a little foreshadowing, is you're gonna have to learn to not sing alone, but sing together. And what I think that this means is, especially since Franklin Yame offered it as an as an option, is that Yame, you're gonna have to alter your process. You're gonna have to trust that while you're falling asleep muttering has been helpful to you in the past. And you can still do it when you're on the road or whatever it is you knew. It doesn't have magical power that that there are other ways to learn and get on top of your lines and that your brain is plastic and you can train it other ways. And since you suggested this compromise, I think Ian should not only be willing to, but should be willing to thank you profusely for the opportunity to run lines before bed in the living room. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Because that is a solid compromise because... You are giving up a part of your process for his process of falling asleep, part of your professional process for his napping process. And what's more, it's probably the most supportive thing a friend or spouse of an actor can do, which is to be open to their work, engaged in it, and actually running the lines with another person and making eye contact. Because I think, frankly, when you rehearse on your own, muttering uh, along on the street as I do or in bed as you do, you're losing that moment of actual running the lines with a human being that I think mm -hmm. is really important. I'm no Stanislavski, you know, but that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a moratorium on muttering in bed unless he's already dead asleep or out of the room or out for the night or you're on your own. You know what I'm saying. That is an order of rehearsing lines for a reasonable amount of time while you both have a glass of wine or whatever in the living room, enhancing your relationship, having fun and getting better at acting and, and training your mind in a, in a different way, right? Correct. And even though I think both of your careers would thrive, if I ordered you guys to break up right now, <laughs> I will not order you to break up if you sing that song correctly Oh, now. my gosh. Ooh, it's been three years. <clears throat> Take a moment to find your key. And if you don't remember the words, you can just hum the melody. So, Nyame, you give him the key to start. Mm. Okay. Games that never amount 
To more than them and will play themselves out. Take the sinking boat and point it home. It's still got time. This is the sound of a cappella. La 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 la. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Nyeme, how are you feeling? Oh, man. I'm feeling good. Can you clarify? Did I just win? <laughs> eh, sort of. <laughs> I think everybody wins on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Don't you agree, Ian? I do not agree. <laughs> <laughs> Nor should you, because I found in Ian's favor, no more muttering in bed, but court-ordered rehearsal oh. before bed. That sounds great. Oh. All right. <laughs> Ian... I do not know what you're complaining about at all. Oh, it's, it's, it, it will be. You're about to become a social worker, dude. You better pray that she becomes the success that she could possibly be. <laughs> better pray. I, I will, I'll appreciate the time together. I think that'll be really enjoyable. Um, and, and doing something together, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, it might go on an hour and a half every day. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to love it. <laughs> Naime, do you think you can get me an audition to play Harold Hill, San Diego, or just pretty much anywhere? Can you sing 76 trombones? Yeah, sure, Ooh. but not right now. Uh, I, need, I need help from a musical director. I'll sing uh, We Got Trouble on the way out. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you for thank having you so us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Break a leg, both of you. And that's thank, thank you, you with a capital T, rhymes with P. <laughs> that stands for pool. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Oh, you got trouble, my friend. Trouble right here in River City with a capital T that rhymes with P that stands for pool. Forget it, Jesse. You know that you're destined to become a social worker. No, I'll never be a social worker. My dream is to play Professor Harold Hill 
at any theater that will take me that is either local or will pay me enough that I can not get fired from my regular job and still like pay my mortgage and stuff. That's my dream, and I'll achieve it one day. This week's show, named by Stephen Lipenta. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. If you want to name a Judge John Hodgman show, follow us on social media, at Hodgman on Twitter, at Jesse Thorne on Twitter. Uh, on Facebook, like Judge John Hodgman and join the Maximum Fun group. And on Reddit at MaximumFun.reddit.com. Those are the places we go. You can also follow those things if you want to hear about new shows and uh, meet cool people and all that kind of stuff, too. I mean, it's not the only reason you can do it. This week's show engineered remotely by John Strelecki at WUWM. Thank you to him. And, of course, our producer is Jennifer Marmer here in Los Angeles. Thanks, guys. Hey, we're going on tour the the Pacific Northeast, the Atlantic Northeast. (laughs) in September. We hope that we will see you. Brooklyn is already sold out. A couple of other places are getting close. So if you're in Maine, Western Massachusetts, Boston, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. Or the southeast of England. In a little town called London. London town. Then go to MaximumFun.org or JohnHodgman.com slash tour Click through, get your tickets today before they are all gone. And in London, we're going to have two other great Maximum Fun shows, International Waters and Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. Uh, That's me. I'm going to be interviewing some major English celebrities. I assure you of that. So you'll definitely want to get some tickets. Yeah, that's the London Podcast Festival. You don't want to miss out on that at all. We have so many great fans in the UK uh, and Ireland that I hope you will come and check it out. If I may just uh, point out that before that happens, uh, very shortly uh, on the 20th of July, I will be performing in support of the great band, The Flight of the Concords in Forest Hills, Queens. And I will also be doing my solo show, Vacation Land, later on in Seattle on November 11th. And you can get tickets for those things if you wish to at johnhodgman.com slash tour, as well as, again, tickets for all the great Judge John Hodgman live justice tour shows that we're really excited about and are going to be so great. So I hope you will go there and check it out. Awesome. And I think that's it. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Hot dog is not a sandwich. You got that, Merriam-Webster? MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.